Welcome back to the Key in the Lake podcast, the premier whiskey podcast, now with a mention of whiskey in its title. Hey, this is Jake coming live from Lakeview, East Chicago, Illinois, and we are back for another edition of the 12 Days of Barrel Picks. With me today is the one and only Chris Blantner. Hey, Jake. Thanks for having me, as always. As always, you're always welcome here. Thank you. To the new podcast studio. Yes, I I was remarking that I, I like the new setup. It's like... It's a it's a studio like a real full on studio. Mm, maybe <laughs> until until the heater turns on and the furnace kicks in on over there and then we have a humming noise behind us. But we'll 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 upgrade eventually one day when we ever start making that money. And speaking of money and contractual obligation, we are here to talk about Pinhook today, uh, one that you personally chose with Leo's Liquor, which yes. you guys have done now two years in a row. Yeah, this is the second one in the lineup, and um, as long as this series continues, which is supposed to, for right. to age twelve, um, Leos will have a uh, a pick, which I will be happy to is participate that, in every year. Is that something that a lot of liquor stores have lined up with, uh, kind of like the idea of filling out the whole vintages? Yeah. So I think the way that it started is so we got in a, on year five, mm-hmm. and I believe they started the bourbon at four years old. So like after the year five picks, they said basically whoever, any store that has picked a single barrel at this point because of the limit on yeah. uh, the barrels that were going to be available in year 12, they're like, the, you're the only ones that will be able to select year over year nice. until it gets to age 12 because of the limitations of, of the <sighs> barrels. So. Leo's is in. This is the second one we did and excited about it. Yeah, definitely so. Before we get into the bottle itself, kind of remind everybody how you got set up with Pinhook and that relationship began with Sean and the whole company itself. Uh, that that was just kind of um, a social media thing. Mm. and um, The just, positive powers of social media. Exactly, the positive powers. Um, I think we had just struck up uh, a conversation on Instagram and just had like an ongoing conversation and, and, uh, just turned into like, it turned into a friendship and, um, you know, we've, he's, he's come on and done the urban bourbon hour a few times. I think he's done it the most out of, (laughs) out of, uh, anyone we've done some, some tastings together and just, you know, uh, a friendship formed from, you know, whiskey and, and, uh, just through social media. So, yeah, I, I of course, uh, you know, every anyone that follows me or they know that I love the brand and mm-hmm. I I own practically everything I think that they've put out at yeah, this right. point. It's it's crazy. Yeah, it's fun to like go in the store and you see something new from Pinhook. You're like, I haven't even seen that one yet. Like, I don't have that wax color <laughs> yeah. or that one's just a little bit different. This blue is a little bit different from that one or that yeah. yellow, like the yellow ones, the new yellow ones out. So not a new single barrel from them. Yeah, it's yeah, that's and cool. The full proofs are, oh, oh. man. So delicious. The rye foolproof that just came out most recently is That was my amazing. Uh, at home Thanksgiving dealing with family for three days zipper. <laughs> that will work for those situations. Yeah, I was just kind of looking at the bottle at the end of the weekend. I'm like, hmm, put a pretty good little dent in that. My sister's like, are you going to keep that here? Leave it here? And I'm like, I don't think so. I think yeah. I like it too much. You can keep the Star Wars yeah. though. Yeah. <laughs> And some other like random bottle I brought, but that one I'm like, ah, I need to take that one home just in case I can't find another one in time. Yeah, but that's a that's and it it continues to, you know, the brand continues to progress and like get better, and the blends are just 
amazing, which of course we all know Sean is mm-hmm. involved in and oversees those. So yeah, I was kind of surprised when uh, they first started releasing the single barrels. Like I knew Sean's extensive, like, arduous method to blending all these whiskeys yeah. and all the time and effort it takes going in to create to create event each vintage. And then I was kind of shocked that he was you know putting single barrels aside for those to be out there in the market. And thankfully, Chicago's had a lot of great ones. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, to give up those single barrels probably, you know, I wonder if sometimes he looks back and is like, I'd like to have some of those. Some right. Of those, but. Can I have more bottles out of this vintage out <laughs> yeah. there on the shelf for yeah. people to buy and kind of spread the word? But I think the single barrels, obviously, are doing justice to it. Um, yeah. At cast strength, too, it's a different experience. Yeah, and they're, I think, you know, you have to look at it a lot of different ways, I think, from their perspective. Like, you got to have a single barrel program, and if you have those if you have those really nice barrels that you can share with a group or stores, it it's going to work out for you in the end. Cause it's going to attract people to the brand, I think. Right. And the nuance that you is represented with these single barrels to like his art of blending. That's what makes it the best thing about it. Or I think what it does best for the brand is shows like not every whiskey is going to taste the same in that batch and finding the balance of all these whiskeys to create each vintage and blend it together. But then you see the individual representation of those, of those vintages. And you're like, Oh wow. Like that, that single barrel is so different from the one at Benny's or the one at another store or what, what this group picked. And then you see like the nuances in between those single barrels and know that like not every whiskey is tasting the same out of each individual barrel yeah and that just makes you appreciate the art of of blending so much more when you see the variance between these things and then you're trying to put together something that takes all of these components from all of these separate barrels and creates something that's actually better than Mm -hmm. the single barrels by themselves yeah i was just thinking this morning actually how three of my favorite uh you know i I hate to use the word craft but just smaller distilleries um, three of them are mostly blending houses, you know, Pinhook, Jay Henry and Dancing Goat. Like, yep. I mean, Dancing Goat's producing their own stuff and doing everything, but Nick's just a psychopath yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in all the best ways where like, you just hear him talk for 10 minutes. And you're like, okay, like, I don't know anything about whiskey. Yeah. Like, yeah. And you're also like four years younger than me. <laughs> so, but it was, I started to think about, wow, like I always talk about how I really appreciate distilleries that do everything on their own, um, from, you know, just from the mashing to everything else in between to getting it out on the shelf. But there is what I've really come to respect over the last two years, and I think it's because we've been sitting at home so much, and you get to really get into the minds of these distillers, these blenders, these artists, in my opinion, at least craftsmen, and know like blending itself is just as hard as distilling in, oh. in its own way. So I, I mean, I'm not a distiller. I don't you know. Are? I don't know <laughs> how to. I mean, I understand the process of making whiskey. Yeah. I couldn't make it myself but just understanding the modernization of the distilling process Mm -hmm. these days like i would you know someone will probably shoot me over this but i would (laughs) say that distilling it is easier than blending it these days because Mm -hmm. it's so automated on the distilling side that like can you really screw it up um right when you have you know everything set on the computer the way you want it to go and it it does it 
I mean, I'm sure you could, but... Uh, the answer is yes. Yeah. Uh, I've seen it happen a few times while yeah. looking at a distillery, yeah, yeah, yeah. but um, it is very rare. You're right. And yeah. it, a lot of it, that, too, is that at the end of it, like those cuts you're making, that's a yeah. very precious part of distilling yes. because uh, it's not automated for most brands. Yeah. They're actually tasting it out and feeling where the heart cut is and f- making sure that you're not getting the heads in there at all. Sure. And then leaving the amount of tails and you went there perfectly to create that tannin structure to yeah. it. Yeah. So taking nothing away from the distillers, <laughs> I think blending is like just uh, an incredibly difficult mm-hmm. job to do to end up with a product that is going to, you know, appeal to enough people that it's going to sell, but also be like a unique product each time that you're you're doing the blend. Right. No, I agree so much. And it kind of leads us right into this this whiskey, even though it's technically not blended, but um, it's it, it's a pin hook, which is a total representation of the art blending, in my opinion. But uh, yeah, how'd you guys uh, choose this uh, six-year-old bourbon? So I think we had, um, <clears throat> this time around, I think we had four barrels to, to choose from. Did you guys have six last time? I don't know why it's staying in my head thinking six. Last year, we may have had six last year. I don't know. I just remember how you're talking about how you had like your A pluses of the batch uh, of the bot or the barrel samples, and then you let Sean know, and you're like, he's like, oh, those were my A pluses yeah, too. Yeah. So we, yeah, in the for the five year, we ended up picking a barrel that, and maybe Sean was just trying to make me feel good. <laughs> um, we're just saying good that, yet. like, yeah, that was my that was my choice too. So, you know, made 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 me feel good that we picked something that he had kind of picked out himself uh, amongst the barrels that were sent to us. I'm just looking at my notes. I always appreciate how your notebook looks like, looks like mine, where it's just crinkled paper oh, and yeah. falling apart. Things yeah. shoved in here. Yeah. And like, Absolutely. I, I created my own envelope on the back. It's really I have a notebook a inside of my notebook usually, yeah. Yeah. a little pocket one inside, <laughs> smaller than the already pocket one that it is. Yeah. But... Uh, looks like we only had three actually oh, wow. uh, barrels to pick from uh, this year. So I'm just looking at my notes uh, amongst the three barrels. And uh, I know that this one that we picked, this is barrel 2757. Um, it was a unanimous choice mm. amongst the people picking. I think we had six people tasting uh, this one and we all we all picked this one. so Because it was a part of the Whiskey Legion, correct? Yes. Yeah, so this is a uh, Whiskey Legion um, single barrel pick this year. Um, I did it with uh, some friends this year. Just did it myself last year. But uh, it's fun to do it with some other people. So, yeah, unanimous choice. We call this one uh, Wonder Bread. <laughs> and we have uh, a funny sticker here on the back that's kind of a play on the the Wonder Bread logo that says the Whiskey Legion. Um, and we went with that theme because there, and we'll see when we taste it tonight, if it has really changed. I've had a sip of it at Leo's. Um, I thought it was very similar to when we picked it, but mm-hmm. we'll see today. Usually these first, first pours out of the pinhook uh, bottles can be a little uh, hot. <laughs> yeah. um, and then as it's open, they definitely calm down. But uh, we kind of had this, we can talk, let's taste it. And, yeah. And I, we'll talk about the... Uh, I actually had a taste of it the other day. Oh, did you have Leo's too? Yeah, yeah. So let's pop this. Um, I don't, I, you know what? I don't think he actually gave me the six year. I think he told me he did, but I'm pretty sure I saw the bottle and it was the five year. So maybe I haven't had it. All right. <laughs> well, here we go. But I do remember last year's thinking um, that was the first 
note was like, oh, wow, this is hot. Because, like, through Pinhook, like, you know, you're drinking in the 90s mostly. And you always get this, like, smooth, like, fruitiness. Like, amazing flavors come out of there. It's a bouquet of flavors. And I was like, wow, that's the first one I've ever tasted where I had that reaction to it. Yeah. But then you let the bottle just open, and it turned into, like, this beautiful chocolatey taste to it. Yeah. And I suspect that will be, like, the case with this. I don't know. We'll see when we taste this first pour. It might be a little hot. This one comes in at... 115.4 so i'm pretty sure that's a couple points higher than the uh the five year from last year um 195 bottles came out of this barrel oh, nice so good pretty good yield on it definitely but let's let's give this a taste it's called uh, we called it wonder bread was that because of the nose or the taste uh both because there's a little bit of like a a yeasty feel to it yeah so I'm just looking at my notes. I have written down yeast donut as one of the uh, like aromas that you get off this. I feel like that's there yeah. uh, on this still. It's reminding me of like a, like a toast, but with like a marmalade on it, jam. I like that. That's just the nose for you people out there who can't see us since we have no video. Yes. and uh, Coming soon. I'm getting even like a, like a floral, mm-hmm. um, a little bit of um, like a banana bread type of yeah. uh, aroma on there. And that, like, those are the exact, and I'm reading my notes now that I took back in July, but like, I'm reassociating those notes with what I'm, what I'm smelling here today. So it's nice to, to pick it and then like it gets bottled and, you know, a couple, a few months later, it still is, you know, what you remember it being, at least on the nose. Right, right, right. Let's taste it. Yeah. Cheers, Chris. Cheers. Definitely not as hot as last year's. No. Get some really distinct spicy flavors through it right away. More on the back end of it. Mm-hmm. I, I I have to say, it's a, you know, it's a redundant note at this point, but I'm getting some cherry cola. Mm. Yeah, just a, like that. a little bit at the beginning. A little bit of that licorice, that cherry cola, which, you know, Sean, you and I talked about as well yeah. on our episode this past summer um, in this very basement. But uh, no, it's something there about that, but um, spicier towards the back end. Mm. There's definitely a spice that lingers. It works its way, like a nice heat works its way into your throat. Um, but there is like a candied sugar mm-hmm. um, to this. Uh, I get that kind of banana note from the nose in, in the palate too, which is surprising. Like I don't really get that a lot from yeah. uh, MGP products. I don't really get banana, but um, kind of getting that on this. Yeah, it has an MGP uh, floral taste to it. Mm. Like the nose, obviously, is more there. It's still on the taste a little mm. bit. I get a little bit of that, that citrusy kind of mm. flavor to it, though. That was getting on the nose. Um, it doesn't. It matches it well. Match the nose and the palate do match well together. Yeah, nice. I, I mean, when you say citrus, I get like yeah, like a nice burst of almost like lemon, a little mm-hmm. bit of orange, like along the sides of my uh, my tongue. It's it's really nice. Yeah, it's like a peel. Yeah, if you get the peel like, kind of yep. flavor to Absolutely. it. Absolutely, no, that's really nice. I mean, I wouldn't expect anything different from MGP, and you know, obviously with the care that goes into what Pinhook does with their barrels as well. At the end of the day, yeah. I mean, for the most part, if it's, I would hope that if uh, MGP uh, barrel makes its way into someone's single barrel program, you're probably not going to go wrong, no matter what you pick. Right, and it's just. Figuring out like flavors that you like better. Oh, Cal the, the podcast. 
here, here, here comes the Scotsman, full of, full of life and cheer and a bag of goodies. How are we? <laughs> Doing great. How are you? Yeah, good. Uh, the, the, the gate not bail you? No. Oh, How'd you get in? I walked in through the, through the car thing, and then somebody let me in the front door. Oh. <laughs> Very how, safe. How convenient. No, it didn't work. Have some pinhook. No. Oh, baby. <laughs> we never talk about pinhook on this podcast. Never. Never. Never, never once. How you doing? Very good. Um, obviously, you know, a little bit of a weird morning, but uh, feeling 100%. Let's do go. it. There we go. Awesome. Let's get stuck in. Yeah, what have we got here, Chris? This is the, uh, we've just been discussing the... Um, Pinhook six-year single barrel selected at uh, Leo's Liquors by myself and uh, the Whiskey Legion uh, Whiskey Group. Just uh, in case anybody who's turning on this episode midway yeah. knows too. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. If you came in when after Callum arrived, now you're up to speed. Definitely. And the bourbon charity hat. I love that. Oh, thank you. Looking good. Um, I like your hat too. Thanks. You want it? No, you've been wearing it. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I have, I have enough distillery merch as as we know through smells brilliant no the nose is great on it how is um how's the reaction been on this one so far i know it's only been out in the market for two weeks three weeks yeah like just before thanksgiving i think a week or 10 days before thanksgiving uh it's been good and of course you know it being picked through a whiskey group a a decent number of bottles went to Mm -hmm. went to that uh to the group (laughs) Um, that helped pick this so yeah it's been doing well and i know that ken has at leo's has a few bottles of the five-year left not that many oh from last year yeah and he's doing a deal if you buy the five-year and the six-year like ten dollars off each bottle which is like really good a really good price if you buy the pair there's not that many left i don't think of the five-year what's this retailing at this retails um, the six year sixty nine ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I believe so. You, you know, get, you get nearly twenty percent off if you buy both the bottles. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah, for sure. And the five year I think was ten dollars cheaper than this. Hmm. So nice. Um, I think the five year was fifty nine ninety nine. Support all of your local retail stores, yeah. everybody out there, especially here in Chicago. Go up to Leo's Mayfair in the Mayfair neighborhood of Chicago, in the northwest corner of Elston and Lawrence. That is outrageous. We might be talking about another single barrel from uh, Leo's as well later on the 12th. They're popular at the moment. 12th is a barrel picks. Leo's so hot right now. (laughs) Too hot to handle. (laughs) I did see, I couldn't believe I walked in there the other day to do some business and I actually saw some Weller on the shelf there. I'm like, wow, you guys are just letting it go out there now. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy days uh, when when you can actually find a bottle of Weller on the shelf. Yeah. Texas is all there, baby. Yeah. Yeah. No, did you not see it at some ridiculous price? Thirty-eight dollars. Yeah, a liter was like the liter was like thirty-seven dollars. Yeah, I'm like, well, it's gold dust, man. Yeah, and then someone was like, I've heard these are both good, between that and Buffalo Trace. And... <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard of this Papai Van Winkley? Yes, yes. Yeah. I was like, I was like, let me lead you down to the international section real quick. <laughs> right, right. I, I was actually at Benny's the other day and um, just checking up on things, and a guy was over in right in between like the international and single malt scotches section and comes to the store clerk and is like i'm looking for bottles around 80 dollars per bottle i want to buy three of them and i'm like oh well come on over he's like (laughs) and the clerk is like we think in scotch or bourbon he's like ah whiskey and i'm like come on over (laughs) and he's like well you are mine he's like bourbon's fine too and then he took him like over to jefferson's and i was like god damn perno yeah 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 
Oh no, but let's stay on track with uh with the good folks at Pinhook because you know we don't give them enough attention on this <laughs> podcast. What's uh what was the first thing that like attracted you to Pinhook? Was it the branding itself or was it the whiskey inside the bottle? I think it was um yeah a combination of that and um you know t- having tasted it like I just bought it on a whim mostly because of the branding. You know when you see it on the shelf, it jumps off the shelf and then yeah and then. I tasted what was in the bottle. I can't remember if it was, uh, I think it might've been bourbon country. It was mm. like, I think it was a yellow label, like the two year old with like oh. one of their first. That was yellow. Yeah. I think it was, I think it was yellow. Maybe it was orange. I'm, oh. I'm not sure. Um, and it, you know, predated these aged, uh, batches and single barrels. So technically I think if you have that release mm-hmm. and then you were collecting from that point, you know, forward they, when they started putting age statements on on some of those releases, you'd have like the very beginning where there wasn't an age statement on the bottle. Mm. But anyway, that was like my first encounter, and then, like I said earlier, just then um, had been having a conversation with Sean over social media after tasting the whiskey, and then just you know grew into like a, a friendship from there. I I like it's one of my favorite bourbon slash well american whiskey brands yeah um, and a lot of it is because of the branding like mm-hmm. it just it's one of the even even this right like it's just such a pretty bottle and I'm, there's something about like the satisfaction of holding it as mm-hmm. well like it feels good in your hand you know yeah um and the first time i i mean i've told the story a hundred times on this podcast but uh the first time i tried it jake brought a bottle over and i was like and it was brand new to sort of the american whiskey mm-hmm. tales um and it just completely changed my perception of american whiskey you know and then obviously it, it also helps that sean is an absolute legend yeah like he's one sure. of the nicest guys and i was meeting him that time at berkshire he just it was a great experience so yeah. it's definitely going to be one that that stays with me. Oh, I thought I'd, I guess I deleted the video of you opening that bottle in your backyard. Hopefully, I saved it to my computer and deleted it from my phone. <laughs> I was just looking for it. Um, but no, that was a that was a fun afternoon. We drank a lot of that bottle. Uh, yeah, we drank a lot of whiskey that afternoon. That was like um, the first like time we've been out of our house. Yeah, we you know, were like, we were quite excited. Right, yeah. we were outdoors. It was May, late May. I think mm-hmm. it was World Whiskey Day or something. Oh yeah, it was because I was doing zooms from your backyard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I think we called Graham or something as well. We, uh, were... we might, uh, we might, or I think maybe me and Graham might have been on the same Zoom. I can't remember, but you know, World Whiskey Day. Should we do another live World Whiskey Day tasting of our own this year? Yeah, we should, we should, <laughs> because last year we had a. I, I go back and listen to that pod all the time mm-hmm. um, with Victoria and stuff like that. Like oh, just yeah. uh, that was amazing. It was an amazing podcast. I'm just, I can't believe we actually pulled it off. <laughs> Well, we didn't. We kind of didn't because, like, right. we were like we had some audio. When one person was on, the other person was banging the microphone. But as long as you guys, the the audience couldn't hear it, yeah, yeah the viewer, the viewers the, couldn't hear it, but we the could audio hear it. Great, yeah. like you listen yeah. back in the other. I mean, I don't know what you did, but it was fantastic. But um, not much. Just I just remember like having we had feedback going on. We yeah. could hear each like hear a rigging, and like the audience couldn't, so we were like, okay, let's just run with it. And yeah. then like when one person was talking, the other person was muted and like banging the microphones around. And surprisingly. <laughs> wireless headphones work better somehow yeah. <laughs> we're like okay well this works out so i think we were talking to brady and whoever was the last people i think when i was talking mm-hmm. as well because my boss bailed on me thanks a lot of dave gosh dave gosh dave um yeah but no uh yeah maybe we could get sean on world whiskey day next year was so was the five the five was the five-year-old was the one that we did last year on the pod mm-hmm. yeah yep. so this is one year on and 
for you, what's the is like what's the difference between the two? So obviously, if someone's listening and they're thinking, do you know what? Ten bucks off for yeah. both of them. Yeah. So you're getting twenty dollars off. You might as well go and buy buy them both. I think the six year is like just a overall richer, more intense mm. flavor to it. It's totally different uh, flavors between the two barrels and from year to year. But like, there's just this added dimension, I think, to the six year. And I think this is the same in um, from their in their vertical series when they're releasing the batches in the vertical series. Kind of kind of the same thing, like between the five year and six year, like the complexity and the richness of the whiskey you can really i think tell a difference um year over year and i think it's the same with this single barrel i'm getting this like crazy like melted caramel taste in my back mm. of my, like i haven't drank it now for like three or four minutes and it's just sitting in the back of my palate like if you were i had like a dessert then there was like some vanilla ice cream and vanilla like melted i'm getting on the vanilla plate. cream yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. vanilla creaminess yeah. It's, yeah. it's really really lovely no it's tasty it, it was amazing because and for anyone that hasn't listened through or uh, we did a we did another single battle last night and we did they'd been in you know same whiskey spent diff, two different barrels for the same amount of time mm-hmm. and one had that like you were saying, that rich, that creaminess. Mm-hmm. And the other one, which was just an example that, that Mark had brought to us, was just so flat. And it just completely reignited my my sort of my passion about these single barrels that we're doing because yeah. you, you just see that change. It's such a massive difference. And these two barrels could be right next to each other, the same time, the same whiskey, you know. It just, it's, it's one of the beauties of it all, you know. Oh, totally. And just imagine like, in this example from one year to the next like the <laughs> yeah, like, complete like change you know between you know five year to six year and you know the barrels are going to be different anyway because they are single barrels but you know um that richness and complexity i think is what sets this off a little bit from the five year the five year is great too like it's awesome whiskey do you think there's a chance of doing a rye single barrel that would be cool. I don't know. <laughs> Sean, <laughs> let us know. <laughs> Sean, are you out there? Are you listening? Mr. Yeah. Joseph. He hasn't done one, right? Um, I'm not sure if there has been maybe a special release with like maybe Sealbox or somebody. I'm not uh, sure. Yeah. I'm not sure. Are they still, they're doing a deal with Sealbox, right? To buy, like, make sure you can have all the vintages throughout the 12 years. Yeah, I bought into that. So I think you paid a hundred bucks for both the bourbon and the rye oh, vertical series. Oh, both of them. Nice. Well, each was $100. Oh. Yeah, That just like gets you in. Yeah. And like, so you're guaranteed, um, you're guaranteed a bottle every year and then you just buy it, you know, whatever uh, that year's price is. And they're just scaling up the price based on loss of yeah, whiskey. Yeah. yeah, as the as the years go on and just getting basically the same amount of money for each bottle but you know there's less whiskey it's like available. a subscription yeah pretty much i love that yeah so i i bought into both of those because i was actually i think like when these hit probably next year like that seven year mark people are going to start paying attention mm-hmm. more to the vertical and then like it's going to be yeah, super so difficult to get. to get the the bottles so what's your thought on cocktails with a single barrel uh, i'm all for it all right yeah i mean why not i mean I know some people are like, yeah, it's a single barrel. You shouldn't uh, put it in cocktails. But yeah. 
I mean, that's everybody's opinion. Yeah, I we mean, have some cocktail ing- makers behind us. Yes, yeah, we can, some, we can get it. We can get it rolling. There's some gear behind us. We we're could, just, um, we're just we missing dive ice. In. Use the seafarer. Yeah, you know, you know what I'm talking about, do you? Nope. Oh, there you go. I was like looking around. I was like, <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, sister, baby. Yeah, well, just just out totally just, random. That could be a, that. There's a single barrel. We could talk about it. I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I actually am terrified of horses. No. Oh. What? Yeah, they're. Dangerous at the front and the back and unpredictable in the middle, as Sherlock Holmes said. Mm. I, I, can you ride a horse? I have ridden a horse, but <laughs> I i mean, I'm not like a cowboy or anything. You're not? No. no. There's a guy who works the uh, Blue Man Group Theater. He's head of security next door, and he wears a, a, a cowboy hat every night, and his <laughs> nickname is Tex. He claims to be the only cowboy in Illinois. <laughs> So maybe we can ask his opinion. The producer was talking to us about this. Maybe night. when I walk the dog at tonight, I'll ask him, like, can you ride a horse, Tex? If he can't, then he's not he's a cowboy. Not a cow- yeah. cowboy yeah. That's yeah. for sure. I rode a horse once in my life, and, it, and the saddle flipped upside down, so I was basically on the side bottom of the horse. Yeah. See, this is, this, everybody has a horse story. Yeah. This is what I'm talking about. So my only horse story... I was, um, I used to absolutely love this girl, Eva Hughes. Um, mm, shout out to Eva. <laughs> shout out to Eva. She's married now to an extremely handsome, six foot four, very masculine man called Alan. Um, and he's a teacher at Woodmill High School. But anyway. Alan Clark, shout out to you. <laughs> shout out to Alan Clark. Um, but her, she lived on a farm in a place uh, north of me in, in Dunfermline. It's called Strath Meglo. Of course. Um, and it's, Basically, there's like there's maybe thirty houses in this town. It's one of those towns that you get the the sign says "Welcome to Strathmiglo" and you blink and then it says "Thanks for visiting yeah, Strathmiglo." Right. Um, and she lived on a farm, and uh, her dad was like out the ba- in the paddock with one of the horses, and I don't know what happened, but he got caught in the rain, mm. and then the horse took off, and he was getting dragged along oh. behind the horse. And I just remember him walking back over the paddock and he'd obviously cut his head and everything. And I was like, do you know what? I don't, I don't need a horse. <laughs> it's, like, it's like water skiing at that yeah. point. Yeah, I don't, need, I don't need horses anymore. <laughs> like, do you know what? You, you deal with the horses, I'll do my own thing. Oh. Um, but one last thing about, about the, the horses here on Pinhook. Yep. Mm. Is, there, is there a different horse on every label? Uh, different rider? For, these, for this series, it's always Bourbon War. It's right. going to always be Bourbon War. But they do, like, across their releases each year, they change up the, the horse, the, the uh, the horse right. um, based on the Bourbon Batch and the, the Rye Batch. God damn it, Callum. Well, you could could have listened to all the times we talked about <laughs> Pinhook. I'm just, That's always I'm just in there. Just reiterating. Just okay. reiterating. All right, all right. Anything else about this barrel before we wrap it up, Chris? No. If you're uh, looking for a good single barrel, hit up Leo's and... Go for the Whiskey Legion six-year bourbon war single barrel. It's really good. Could uh, they contact you if they can't find a bottle sure, of it? And, why not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, reach out. <laughs> Make sure it happens. And yeah, look for, if you aren't in the area of Chicago but want a pinhook uh, barrel, they're always the yellow wax on there. So look for those in your local retail store. And uh, yeah, if you can go buy it at a local place, support it that way. Even better. Love it. 
Awesome, guys. Well, um, thanks for another edition of the 12 Days of Barrel Picks. Uh, it's the 12 Days of Barrel Picks. My dear Lord said to me. <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to make some music for it next. Maybe I can mix some music in. Yeah. We need a jingle. Uh, <laughs> any any musicians out there that want to work for uh, for whiskey, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks again, Chris. Always yep. appreciate talking to you. Thank um, you. And always love the barrel picks you bring in, too. Cheers. Thank you. Yep. Cheers, guys. Thanks for coming. <laughs> Cheers, guys.